Hello, I'm Marie-Hit Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on how to take good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is hypnobirthing. Why it's good for mum and baby. My guest is Karen Stein, counseling psychologist and hypnotherapist from Johannesburg. Hello Karen and welcome. Thank you, Marie. Just to inform our listeners, at the end of our discussion, Karen will give us her three best tips for sane parenting. Karen, when we talk about giving birth, I think the main concern has always been for the safety and well-being of both mum and baby, and that's not likely to change. But what has changed is that parents now have more choices regarding birth such as where it should take place or who to include in their birth team or what type of birth it should be. And one of the choices that I know very little about is hypnobirthing. Could you please tell us what it is? Yes, indeed. And thank you for the opportunity to talk about something that is so dear to me. Whenever we talk of childbirth, I'm aware that we're not just talking about the technicalities of bringing a baby into life, but it's about giving a child the best start in life and honoring the birth of the family. And this is one of the single most important and difficult transitions that a couple will make in their life, moving from individuals um, or couple to becoming parents and taking on the lifelong responsibility of raising a child. And it changes life as you know it. So how that child comes into the world is very important. And hypnobirthing is a unique childbirth education program that helps expectant parents to prepare for a safe, calm and empowered birth. It's based on the philosophy that birth is, is normal and natural and healthy. And like any other natural process in the body, it can be achieved without peril or pain. It is designed for pregnancies that fall in the low or no risk category. And it teaches techniques of self-hypnosis like breathing, relaxation, visualization and deepening, along with physical exercises and guidelines for holistic well-being during pregnancy, birth and postpartum. That's quite a mouthful. So the important thing here is that this is meant for low-risk births. So the mum must be in, a, in good health and the baby. That's right. How did you get involved in hypnobirthing? I never planned to become a childbirth educator. It was a fluke that I saw an advertisement for the hypnobirthing training course in the Odyssey. And I signed up under the perception that I was going to learn uh, about birth regressions and healing the traumatic childbirth experience for my clients in hypnotherapy practice. So I was astounded when I met doulas and midwives rather than fellow colleagues at the training <laughs> and for the first time learned what a doula was um, because up until this point I was married but I wasn't ready to have kids not knowing um, how to get the baby out. <laughs> I wasn't someone who believed in cesarean birth either, although I was socialized to believe that, you know, it's kind of a cesarean birth is the normal and responsible thing to do. So I was, I was astounded with the training that was comprehensive and graphic, but within the first day, I was completely converted to natural birth. I can remember calling my husband from the course and saying, I know how I can have a baby. I think I'm ready. And I conceived within the first two weeks of trying. And um, almost 10 months later, I got to test the theory in practice. And um, I was a little bit anxious being a, a hypnobirthing childbirth educator and now having to be a hypnobirthing mother. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. Um, and despite the fact that I had to be induced on the brink of 42 weeks, I had a water birth with a midwife at a birthing center. I felt so supported and empowered throughout the birth process. And I had a calm, 
safe, uncomplicated, natural birth. Uh, I remember when I scooped my baby into my arms the first time, I thought, oh my God, I can't believe this actually worked. <laughs> it works as well in practice as it sounds in theory. And looking at that baby and what I had done, what we had created as a couple, uh, I felt so powerful. I knew that if I could do this, I could do anything. And that is the best possible start I could have wished for the birth of my family, um, for us as empowered uh, parents who can trust ourselves and our bodies and our ability to care for our child. So um, I, I managed to have two more pregnancies and two more hypnobirths, and I found that the births became successively easier and um, less uh, complicated. And what was absolutely delightful um, was the fact that I could use my experience and passion of what birthing feels like, what some of the challenges are with healthcare providers in my own work with parents and really helping them to achieve their best births possible. Thank you. That really sounds like the birth every parent dreams about. Now, getting back to where you started with hypnobirthing and why you went, it is because you are a hypnotherapist. That's right. Could we perhaps first talk about the role of hypnosis in hypnobirthing? Because I know that, very, uh, that many people are wary of hypnosis. Yeah. So when we talk about hypnosis, we are referring to the state of trance that an individual enters um, when they have a state of heightened focus or attention. We achieve that state through deep relaxation in the body and the use of breathing and visualization techniques. And there are other deepening techniques that we can use to deepen the trance of the person. But what happens when we are in hypnosis is we bypass the conscious critical mind and we allow an individual to access the wealth of information and resources that they have within their subconscious wisdom. Our subconscious is that space from where we dream, uh, from where our body does its own healing and automatic processes. It is the space that stores all of our memories, experiences, and beliefs. So if there are any traumatic experiences that could block us from being able to conceive a baby, to have a safe pregnancy or a birth experience, the subconscious will protect the body from that conception or that birth or that parenting experience. So our subconscious is also referred to as our defense system um, that is aimed to keep the individual safe and alive and secondly, to focus on maintaining our integrity. And then only thirdly, to think about how much pleasure we can achieve. So defenses are really primary. But the problem is when we have beliefs or defenses that we do not understand or know of, that can act as blocks to our ability to conceive or to carry a baby to term or to have a natural birth. And really through hypnosis, we can access these parts and work with them in a therapeutic way to create the shifts that allow the body and the mind to align with the individual's intentions. Yeah, and I, so the very basic fear I think some people have is that they will lose control when they are in, under hypnosis. Could you just... Talk about that. You know, I think um, stage hypnosis and characters like Andre the hypnotist um, have a hand to play in this misperception of what hypnosis is because they see an individual that surrenders their power and is completely open to the suggestion of another. And they might engage in uncharacteristic behavior or activities that wouldn't normally be seen as appropriate or, or socially acceptable. Hypnosis, um, specifically the ones that we use in hypnobirthing or that I use in my practice, 
is not that. Um, we understand that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And what it means is that a person can't be put under a spell unwillingly mm. and lose control of their goals and their desires and their ability to choose what is safe and okay for them. Our subconscious is our defense and it will block an individual from entering a trance-like state if they do not believe that they are safe or if they do not give permission for what this process is that they will experience. So all the people on the stage with Andre's hypnosis are highly suggestible individuals who consent and believe that there is fun to be had from this process. Otherwise, they would not be able to access that trance-like state. I believe it's exactly the opposite of handing your control over to another. And I believe this is learning to resume control of things that formerly felt out of control for you. And like, how can we influence our hormone, our fertility cycle, our ability to be calm and relax? Um, that we can do with the power of hypnosis. Another reason why people fear hypnosis is the concern about the, the rate of suggestibility. People are highly suggestible in a state of trance, which means that um, they do not have the same logical rules that are, is required for the conscious mind to make decisions or take actions that would apply. Now, if I can give you an example, if I were to um, think about my, my uterus or my womb as the space where my baby is going to live and grow. I don't need to think about the blood vessels and about the exact shape and structure and the location in my body and um, the names of the muscles in order to relate to my womb on a way more symbolic level. So I would be susceptible to suggestions that my womb is like a beautiful garden or a nursery. And what changes can I make in that space so that I can promote the health and well-being of this place that is going to be the home to my baby? And on that level, the changes that we make, the body accepts as um, subtle suggestions of how it can work with the individual to achieve their goals. We will not ever accept any suggestion that isn't safe and in alignment with the individual's personal values that should guide and protect them in life. Thank you. That puts a completely new uh, perspective on it. Sure. My next question isn't so far removed from this and this has to do with a mind-body connection. Could you please tell us how the mind and emotions affect the body? So there is an intimate and dynamic relationship between what is going on in our feelings and thoughts and what happens in the body. So as we live and move through life, everything that we sense, see, hear, feel or experience, that will feed through our sensory nerves to the brain where the brain needs to decode and interpret these signals. And based upon that interpretation, our body is charged to um, send the chemical messages that prepares the body to respond to whatever the situation might require or demand. So the emotion that would accompany an experience is due to the hormonal changes that take place. Now, if I were to sense danger in my environment, my body would automatically prepare itself to fight or run away if I need to. The chemical changes that would take place would be to give my body strength and to allow me to have a fast heartbeat that can regulate my breathing as I'm running away or have the courage to fight. Um, these happen automatically without our conscious choosing or awareness. So whatever I perceive will create changes to my body to prepare me to best cope with the situation. 
Um, on the other hand, if I experience myself to be in a very safe, calm, or a wonderful place where I was enjoying myself, my brain would get the message that everything is okay and I'm safe and calm and it doesn't need to arm the body or to activate the, the stress system, but the body can remain in a state of rest and relax where, where it can function normally. And uh, the, the individual enjoys the benefit of bathing in a cocktail of happy hormones. So unfortunately, our minds, particularly if we speak about our subconscious minds that don't have the same rules of logic and reason, it can be very naive and struggle to distinguish between what was just a fantasy, something that I was thinking about that might happen in the future, and what was a real threat in my environment right here and right now? So if I were just to imagine losing someone or something very dear to me, I might soon feel my body respond with feelings of sadness and maybe even tears welling in my eyes because my body doesn't know. This was just a daydream or a fantasy and it wasn't happening right now. If I was to imagine eating a really sour lemon, I might find that my mouth produces saliva as a response to neutralize the acid in my mouth of the imaginary lemon that I was eating. So our minds do not distinguish between what is real or what is fantasy, but it does prepare our body to cope with whatever that experience of our reality is. So it would follow that our minds accept what we present it with and our bodies respond accordingly. And this is the understanding that we utilize in hypnobirthing. And we will guide parents to align their body and mind in the most positive and healthy way to have a safe and calm pregnancy and birth experience for mum and for baby. And if the mother uh, fixates on what can go wrong in the birth, we know that her body will respond with stress. So how can we shift focus and attention on things that are positive, that connect her to her strength and her resilience, um, to all the resources that she has to cope with a challenge, rather than to focus on the feeling of overwhelm and fear or not being good enough. So even in the language of pregnancy, birth and postpartum, we train parents to be conscious and aware of the associations to particular words that we can use. And we will refrain from using words that refer to strain or pain, danger, harm, gore or goo, and instead, we replace it with very clear, um, descriptive words that could be positive suggestions to the subconscious body for what we want to have happen in whichever stage of the pregnancy or birth. So this is actually a form of training that could serve you during the rest of your life. Exactly. And that is why we advise that the parents come along, even though the father might not be the, the active party um, giving birth to the baby. The father is trained to become a birth assistant that offers support, but the benefit of receiving all of these life skills that can help you cope with a toothache or a headache using your pain management techniques that can help you cope with the stress and strain of life using your relaxation and visualization techniques and that can help you in your feeling of relational bonding with all the relational processes that we work on throughout the process. Now that we've mentioned pain, can you tell us why labor hurts and why according to hypnobirthing it should it need it? So we we blame fear as the being the enemy of the birthing room because when an individual is anxious or afraid their body will respond with stress and we know that stress alters the body to create tension in the muscles so i want to challenge you right now 
If you were to make your best strongman arm and flex your bicep (laughs) and make a fist with your hand and hold it really tight, see if you can push open using your other hand this very strong arm and just notice what you feel as you resist your elbow opening up, keeping that strong muscle, what you notice in your arm. My arm is shaking while I'm pushing. Yes. And if you imagine maintaining that level of effort for 8, 10, 12 hours, what do you imagine you would experience in no, your I muscle? Would, I would prefer a cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and I think that is why many parents who do not know how to relax their bodies and their muscles experience um, associations of birth being very tiring, exceptionally stressful, something that needs a cop-out, a relief, an intervention to minimize the pain or suffering of the mother. However, we know that through relaxation and breath work and visualization training, we can help the parents to release the tension from their bodies. And a muscle that is relaxed and soft and smooth would easily be able to flex and open up if there was no pressure in that arm of yours with, without any effort, you would be able to open up and it would be able to, to do what it normally does without pain or without peril. Um, so fear creates tension in the body. That leads to pain in the muscles and it can prolong labor. And that phenomena in labor, they refer to as failure to progress. The mother has been experiencing surges for a number of hours, yet her body is not dilating. Her cervix isn't opening up because those muscles are so tense and tight. Um, And at that point, there will be decisions to intervene. And isn't it interesting that um, failure to progress, FTP, are exactly the same as the fear, tension, pain syndrome, or FTP. And um, this work we accredit to Grantley Decreed, who was one of the first obstetricians who really became interested in natural birth. And why it can be possible that birth can be such a normal and natural experience for some women and yet such a painful and traumatic experience for others. And in in Dickred's own experience, he relates the story of um, being a field doctor during the war. And there was a woman in labor that approached the trenches asking for some assistance. And he said it was almost as if she just bent over and pressed against the side of the wall had a baby, picked up a baby and walked off. There was no drama. There was no need for intervention. And he had other stories like that of these very simple women um, having these very simple, uncomplicated births. And um, he needed to figure that out. And therefore, the the research and the finding of the fear, tension, pain syndrome. But... um, our thoughts and our anxieties um, contribute massively to that state of fear that can cripple our bodies and um, prevent this natural process of labor unfolding naturally. That makes a lot of sense. Now, if fear is the great problem, how does one go about releasing that fear or doing something about it? So we talked about the hypnosis techniques of using relaxation and breath and deepening exercises. And Sorry, could you just explain deepening? It's a term I don't oh. know. Uh, deepening would be a particular technique where you imagine um, taking your level of awareness steps down or steps deeper so that you become even deeper relaxed. Um, more calm, more at peace than you were before. And we help individuals to achieve that through giving them visualizations of moving down a set of stairs. And with each step they take, 
they aim to the, relax their body twice as deeply as before. And this progressive process of leading them into the deepest state of relaxation that they can access for them at that point of time. So these are some of the hypnosis techniques that are very directive interventions and skills that parents are taught in order to cope with what is happening in their body. But what we also find is the psychoeducational component of being able to understand what is happening in my body at that time. The intellectual process of knowing that this is what transition sounds like as my body is going to move from opening up to pushing that baby out. There's going to be a change of energy in the body. There's going to be a change of sound as the, the woman starts bearing down, breathing harder, more guttural experience. And the experiences during birth are demystified. They don't feel wrong. They don't feel scary. But you can kind of recognize your progress as you move through the birth and know, wow, that's amazing. I must be there. And when an individual feels empowered, and has a sense of understanding where they are, it diminishes their fears. So just through the program, without doing any personal deeper work, you will already gain headway on managing um, fear and its effect on the body through learning to induce a state of relaxation voluntarily and deepening that relaxation and maintaining that state through time. And the father is very important in his role of helping the mother achieve that state and maintain that state. We know that women um, cannot birth comfortably when they feel vulnerable, exposed, or unsafe. So whatever happens in the birthing environment is also very important for a woman to be able to access that space of safety, calm, and trust. Is the door shut? Um, is her privacy protected from nurses or other people walking into the room? Um, is the lighting very bright and invasive, or is it a dim and romantic lighting that creates associations of a romantic evening, a safe, calm, wonderful space where you feel loved and supported? Does she trust her caregivers? Is she familiar with the midwife that is on duty? Do they have a good rapport and she feels she can surrender her birth experience into safe hands? All of these factors are part of um, letting go of fear in the birth process and being able to surrender. But another important part is the fear release um, exercise that we do within the training, where the couples are first tasked to individually confront everything that they might fear or be anxious about in pregnancy, for the birth, for becoming parents, whatever it might be, whether it's a 10 out of 10 experience or it's a 1 or 2 out of 10 experience in terms of fear intensity. And then the couples need to discuss their fears with each other. And it's amazing to see parents who for the first time feel that real opening up and vulnerability from their partner, which works to knit the couple closer together, but also to problem solve together. Some of the fears on the list can be transferred to a to-do list like I'm anxious about painting the nursery and practicing how to, you know, get the, the stroller into the car boot. Or have I got my, my map planned for the best route to take to the clinic in the middle of the night or in the middle of traffic? Those are things that individuals worry about. They can go on to a to-do list. But then there are some of the deeper fears, like will I be a good parent? Um, will I be able to have enough money to care and provide for my children? What will happen to my sex life after birth and having babies in the house? Um, will I look at my partner in the same way? 
often is birth. These are some of the deeper fears that individuals really need to confront and resolve either through their own counseling or therapy processes or perhaps through a joint decision-making, a, a moral inventory, a pooling of resources of the couple for what will we do if we have a child with disabilities? How can we be strong and face this? If the birthing couple believe in their strength and their power and their readiness to face the challenges that come ahead, it is easier for them to surrender to the process of birthing. So when should parents start seeing you? I always recommend the, the last trimester is a very good time. Um, individuals start with that nesting instinct at the time, wanting to get things ready, wanting to focus on their due date. The last trimester is the time of the bump showing and people not asking you if you are pregnant. They know you are pregnant. And um, the baby shower or the, the welcoming, the nursery is ready. Um, the, the energy and attention shifts in the relationship from finishing off with the things I have to do before I can pay full attention. And we said that hypnosis is a state of focused attention. It's really important that the individual be in a space of life where they are willing to commit to the process and the practice. Um, I call it a practice, and there's also a reason why the course stretches over five weeks, because it's about forming new habits and about retraining particular ways of thinking and doing and creating new subconscious processes through repetition. So what am I going to think about? How am I going to move? How am I going to breathe? How do I relax? That shouldn't be something that you think about or remember reading in a book. It should be a practice that you can just easily fall back into and surrender into. So the level of commitment is better in the final trimester. Although if parents were committed the sooner they start, the better, because it gives them even more practice time and opportunity to work on all of those fears and processes that will give them the best start to their birth. But around 28 weeks, that would be a good time and you should finish up well before the due date. Is it always just the one couple that comes on their own and always for five weeks? And you will find different, different programs and different courses. Um, you have a group format where the couples come together and it's a two to three hour class held once a week. And it is wonderful. I know many of my parents made lifelong friends uh, on the, the birthing courses because it's such a bonding experience. And it is like a support group, having people that know what you are going through and can relate to that experience. That's an added bonus of being able to do your hypnobirthing classes in a group setting. However, when you are uh, in an individual course, which can also be arranged, you have flexibility about choosing the time and the practice that frequently makes it easier for the birth assistant or the father of the baby to attend the classes with the birth mother. Um, you can also be more vulnerable and speak more openly where individuals might be a little bit more restrained or, or hold back when they're in a, in a larger group. You're talking about the birth assistant. Could you just <laughs> give us a little more information? We know that uh, for a woman to birth, she needs to feel safe, loved and supported. And for her to be able to do that, she needs to surrender her conscious control of managing the situation of what is happening in the birthing room, in the hospital room, in the ward, wherever she might be. And to have a good birth assistant by her side enables this process, whereby she can just focus on going within and being in her body and not care about how many sips of water has she taken? How many times has she been to relieve herself? You know, uh, uh, what is the passing of time? How far has she progressed? Where is the doctor? All of those external events of the birthday can be managed by the birth assistant. If the, 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 the birthing couple is married, it might be the spouse, um, whether it's the husband or the wife that is the spouse supporting the birthing mother in the process. 
Um, sometimes mothers choose not to bring their spouse because they might be anxious or tense and interfere with her ability to release and let go. And she might instead prefer to bring a very close friend who really loves and supports her that she knows will be there for her during the birth or a mother or a mother-in-law or perhaps a professional birth assistant or the doula that I referred to earlier. Um, so a birth assistant isn't a must, but it is a highly recommended for a safe, calm and natural birth. Yes, and once again reduces any fears exactly. that may be left. Exactly. Hypnobirthing involves, and I quote, tapping nature's own anesthesia. Yes. So that is part of managing the pain of labor as well. If a woman is allowed to birth naturally and the birth is allowed to unfold without intervention, her body will release a natural relaxant that we call endorphins. And endorphins is a very powerful analgesic at 200 times more effective than morphine. And it works to decrease the sensations of pain. So uh, uh, endorphins are released in response to effort exerted by the muscles. So as the, the muscles of labor work together, so the mo mother will produce progressively more endorphins to cope with these sensations of pain. The problem, again, is fear, because fear releases adrenaline and other stressor hormones that counteract the effect of endorphins. It's almost like a light switch. Endorphins on, adrenaline off. Adrenaline on, endorphins off. So the more a woman is allowed to spend time in a state of stress or fear, uh, the less opportunity her body has to provide its own natural means for managing pain. Um, what endorphins also do is it creates a natural trance-like state. So not only does the woman enter a trance state through her relaxation, visualization of the hypnosis that she is doing, but the endorphins will work to deepen her trance so that as the labor progresses, she is able to surrender to her body. Instead of being alert, awake, and conscious of what is happening around her, she can let go of the external world and focus more on her body, her baby, and what they need um, within that moment. So endorphins create this natural, natural trance, but that also creates time distortion. So in time distortion, you don't have a sense of time passing. A moment is just a moment, and it might be eight hours that can feel like eight seconds. There's not a realistic sense of time passing. And we can see the magic of having this extra natural tool to cope with labor. A woman might be in labor for eight hours, however long it takes for her body to thin and open and prepare for the birthing phase. And for her to stay calm and focused and in every moment, endorphins really um, aids her with that. So there is no um, questioning how long is this going to take, uh, how many more surges. There's just one surge at a time, taking the birth as it comes. And so tapping nature's own anesthesia is so important for helping the mum to stay patient and calm and not feeling frustrated and just taking the birth as it comes. And of course, baby also benefits from the endorphins, enjoying that state of peace and calm and euphoria. And then another phrase is breathing your baby down for birth. We talked about the language of birth and other stages might refer to pushing. And pushing seems an offensive word to use because it sounds like the mother needs to do the work to get the baby out, which is untrue because birth is a dance between mother and the baby. And the baby is not a passive 
experiencer of the birth process. It's an active participant helping to move through the pelvis, navigating its head and body through the pelvis and kicking its way out of the womb. So changing the wording and describing the process very clearly of what do we want the mother to be doing during the final stages of the birth? As her body has gone through transition, she gets a shot of adrenaline that gives her strength and energy to help with the birthing phase. So we would also refer to the birthing phase. We see these images of women birthing on television where they're on their back, maybe grabbing onto their knees or their feet strapped into the stirrups and they're screaming and pushing until they're purple in the face, their, their veins in the face are bulging and their eyes look like they're gonna pop out. We call that purple pushing, which is not recommended in hypnobirthing. Instead, we know that the body has its own natural process for dealing with this phase. We don't have to interfere with it and we don't have to force it. And it is called the natural expulsive reflex. Uh, it may, might take a while before the mother feels the urge to push. Maybe her body just takes a bit of a rest after the thinning and opening of the, the cervix before she feels the unbearable urge to push. And trust me, I can remember that feeling. It feels like when every single muscle in your body works together at the same time, and it is a force and an intensity like you cannot imagine. In my last two births, I tried to invite consciousness to pay attention of whether it is painful or not. And I couldn't locate the word pain with the force or the power of those muscles working together. And thank you, Adrenaline, for that extra burst of energy at that time. But the natural expulsive reflex will provide the surges that a woman needs to work with. And birth breath is a, a powerful alternative to forced pushing. And it might sound similar to when a little toddler or a baby makes a number two and you can hear the guttural noises in their throat <laughs> as they are pushing, <laughs> uh, you know, learning to manage their bowel movements. The sounds might si sound similar. Women might even describe the feeling of the birthing phase as reminding them of what it feels like when they went to the bathroom for a number two. <laughs> so it's a very natural process that individuals need to keep breathing, but a specific breathing that is a powerful breath that matches the forcefulness of the natural expulsive reflex. So just to as a summary, what are the advantages of hypnobirthing for a mum? You have mentioned many, but what else would you like to say? As the briefest summary, I think it is having a calm, confident and relaxed mother who can look forward to her birth and who feels she has the tools to cope with whatever turn her birth should take. And we have a mum that if she is prepared and empowered how to manage her birth, and she's aware of her birthing needs and desires, she can feel acknowledged and respected, feel loved and supported throughout her birth. That sounds excellent. And advantages for baby? There are many. <laughs> and I think the different stages of the birthing process, each has its own. Um, just from hypnosis and progressive work that psychotherapists do. We know that babies remember the time they spend in the womb and they remember their birth experience. It makes an indelible imprint on the developing personality of the individual. So the earliest experiences that they have, it becomes a blueprint of how they relate to other people in the world, how they understand themselves and whether they will trust themselves and others and believe that the world is a safe space. So when we create this very safe, warm, bonded space during pregnancy for a baby that is met with positive expectation, 
A baby learns that they are welcome in this world and that it is safe for them to come into this world, that their parents are well prepared to receive them no matter what <laughs> and will be able to cope with the situation, which definitely boosts, boosts trust and is a wonderful start to life. Now, hypnobirthing um, focuses on encouraging the conscious bonding between parents and the baby, which is so wonderful in feeding through affirmations like, I will love you for who you are. And I look forward to the day that you are born. And I'm so happy you chose to come to me. So in terms of inviting a baby to come into the world without resistance, acknowledging the baby as an active participant of the birthing, that's the way to go. We talked about endorphins, that from the earliest phases of the labor as the endorphins build, um, it also eases the experience of birth for a baby. Birth is a sudden transition from the very safe, calm world that they have, and to give them that bit of extra support as they make that transition is, uh, is very kind and gentle. And what, what I failed to mention in speaking about endorphins is that when women use chemical alternatives to endorphins, they do not have the same effects for the mum and the baby in terms of the creating the trance and the time distortion and the euphoria. It does decrease her experience of pain but it inhibits some of these other benefits of, of endorphins. We talked about transition and when the only place where adrenaline is safe and indicated in the birthing process. And it's so wonderful that if we had to interpret the chemical message that adrenaline gives to the body, it would be, get out of here. You know, but some mums during the transition phase they will interpret this message for themselves and say, oh, I need to get out of here. I want this to be finished. Get the baby out of me. Take me home. I don't want to be here anymore. But this message is intended for the baby as a gentle nudging and as a preparation for it's time to leave now. <laughs> and this process is getting you out of here. So it's a wonderful preparation for the baby to feel ready to embrace that change rather than be overwhelmed with a sudden change of safety and um, the outside world. And um, then finally, if we think about a mother who is safe and calm, alert and present, she hasn't had any chemical or medical interventions that could knock her out. She is available for bonding and attachment immediately after the birth. And in many of these natural births, skin to skin bonding is encouraged with mum and with dad. Um, the early nursing is encouraged, which is the final stage of birthing. Because as the baby um, suckles at the breast, nipple stimulation is one of the tools for promoting further oxytocin release that will start the surging of the uterus again to deliver the placenta. So as mum and baby is bonding and as baby is getting its, its first milk that helps to have the first stools that clear out their body of all the gunk and prepare them for life on the outside world, the body again has all the mechanisms to fully complete this process without unnecessary intervention or danger to mum and baby. Yeah, the way you describe it sounds just beautiful and filled with wonder. And that's why I speak of natural childbirth as a magical experience and why I know many people who do not know, who did not have the same conversion process as I had, would think I'm completely crazy because it seems so counter to everything that the media portrays birth to be or that we've heard other people describe birth to be. And I know that every person has a unique experience of birth. And we, we cannot say one birth is better than another, um, but we know that some births are easier than others. And we know that we can eliminate some of the factors that make for more difficult births. And for all the positive effects for mum and baby, this certainly is worth giving it our best shot. 
Absolutely. Where can people get more information about your work and hypnobirthing? So luckily, uh, there is a lot of information available on the internet. If you were to search hypnobirthing births, you would be able to watch hypnobirthing videos and see what it looks like. And that is something I can encourage. But I do have a website where, where any of your listeners are welcome to read more. And then there's also the International Hypnobirthing site um, where they can find practitioners, look up courses in their area and learn more about hypnobirthing. And my website is www.freechildcompany.com. So it's all one word, www.freechildcompany.com. And the hypnobirthing website is www.hypnobirthing.com. And these links will also be attached to the podcast. Now, Karen, for your three best tips for sane parenting. <laughs> I would like to share with you three affirmations that have meant the world to me in raising my own three boys. And um, if you are pregnant, I suggest that you start practicing them now for when you might really need them most. I let go of my expectations and I love you for who you are. No matter how messy or asymmetrical, I will let you do things your way. I make time to explore the world with you and explain the world to you. Will you please repeat those three? With love. I let go of my expectations and I love you for who you are. No matter how messy or asymmetrical, I will let you do things your way. I make time to explore the world with you and explain the world to you. Beautiful. And now it's fun question time. Now I gather you're a Harry Potter fan. Oh yes. If you could get hold of that invisibility cloak, when would you use it? Wow, you know, the fact that we are speaking about childbirth, I wouldn't mind being a fly on the wall of other women's childbirth experiences. I've had three of my own. I've had the benefit of um, accompanying uh, a couple of my clients in their childbirth experience and being with my sister-in-law at the birth of her babies. And these truly are the most magical moments but without being a, a, a safe, welcome person of the essential birth unit, I would love to be a fly on the wall and experience more of that magic. I'm sure that's the first time someone wished to use the cloak that way. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Karen. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. It would be greatly appreciated if you would rate and review the podcast series where you download your podcasts. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me, Mariette Sneeman, and the music is by Mart-Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.